<laughs> Go spread the word around. Is that how we're starting? It is now. Happy New Year, right. everyone. Yeah. Welcome to Probably Science. It is January 2015. So set your clocks. Yeah, I can't believe when we put out the call for people to cover our tune, Thin Lizzy sent in. <laughs> That's amazing. Thin Lizzy sent From in. Beyond the Grave. Yeah, they sent in a tune. And it, it doesn't sound anything like a thing tune. No, it, it doesn't. It sounds a lot like one of their existing tunes. I think they just sent us a copy of their own existing tune, but they swear it's a cover of our theme tune. That is a cheat. It's like one of those repurposings in like an improv game. Like, wait, that was too... That was that was something you had you just you had that in your pocket. In some, yeah, yeah, you had yeah. that in your pocket. It's like reclaimed wood. Yeah, <laughs> who had it before? What cake? Cake's reclaimed. the kind of thing that might be eaten by a businessman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. reclaimed wood. That could be a sitcom. I mean, that I could star in. Right? What's what's the premise? Oh, though? good call. Oh yeah. Um, it's maybe like your long lost relatives. Hold on. You're being, wood. you're being accepted back into the Wood family? No, hold on. Maybe, Prodigal okay, the premise son. is that your birthday is on February 29th, the Leap Day year, or the, the Leap Day day. So you discover that technically, on paper, you're only five years old, and your parents <laughs> still have custody of you. <laughs> so it's called <laughs> Reclaimed Wood, and your parents make you move back in. Rules are rules, you know? It's <laughs> well, like, it's not anywhere in the rule I book. I don't see anything in the rule book. A, ch- a chinchilla can play basketball. <laughs> yeah. It says right here, a chinchilla can play basketball. I had a teacher in elementary school who had that birthday, who had the February 29th birthday. So she would joke about being only 14 years old or whatever. It's like, no, time still passed. Like, do you not know how years were? Right. Like, that's, you had 14 birthdays, you could say, but. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, well yeah, it's, it's been a while. Like, I, I, listeners are probably aware that we recorded a bunch of episodes in a row back in December. We so did, and then we the all went time. off to our respective corners well, of the world. Mainly yeah. November. We're a little rusty, guys. Yeah. We're a little rusty. You yeah, know? we we. I mean, this is our second go at doing the episode. We've been talking to the wrong bit of the microphone for the first <laughs> so time. Confusing. I know. We talked to the back end of it there, right at the cable. Yeah. Um, well, because that looks like that's where stuff's coming out. Like it looks like you sort of feed your words into there. It's got those yeah. little metal things like, inside. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, so, guys, we've we've done some traveling. Mm-hmm. We've seen some sights. Oh, have we? Uh, what's going on, Andy? You were in Nicaragua. I was in Nicaragua for, for two weeks. Uh, got to go horseback riding on the beach. What? <laughs> like a romantic... Uh, <laughs> was like, it like, a, like a fucking Fabio... Did you at any point a, discover half of the Statue of Liberty? Oh, God, <laughs> yes. And I got down on my knees and cursed the... Was it, was it like a stallion? Like, did it have a nice flowing name? It was named Pegasus, the horse well, I was on. It was a white horse named Pegasus. Was it really? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was... Did you have a shirt on? I had a shirt on, but I did. Ha- I, I was holding the reins with one hand and waving my cowboy hat behind me with the other because you got to actually run. Like you know, if you go on a horseback riding trip in the U.S., you're just like walking on a trail. Sure. But it's Nicaragua. All bets are off. So all bets are off. Walked it down to the beach and then they're like, go crazy. And I had over exaggerated my horse riding skill because I didn't know if they would not let me go if I admitted that I've never actually like galloped on a horse or run on a horse you know or or seen a horse before. right <laughs> so then we got or heard the word horse <laughs> they just said all right you can go run them now i do heroin right. that's my <laughs> yeah. but then I, I realized i didn't know how to make a horse run and i was just like digging my heels in i thought that would do it and i was just trying to like did you make any funny like ha! yeah but i started to yell like hi-ya like, no, that's that's karate that's karate i'm pretty sure not, not you were doing karate like, hi-ya come on because it's like which by the way also isn't the only thing you need to do to be do karate it's oh, one of the main there's, things so. there's actions as well yeah i've always wanted to show up for like an adult karate class and refuse to wear anything but a tuxedo <laughs> <laughs> like no i'm gonna need to fight in this yeah. <laughs> i need to learn all this. 
<laughs> but you turn up in tuxedo, I'll turn up in a suit of armor. <laughs> I need to know karate in this tuxedo. So wait, how'd you get the cowboy hat? They, it's like a whole ranch that they, they set you up with boots and, and a hat and a scarf. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So where's the guy jerking off? <laughs> what do you mean they give you a cowboy outfit? It's a ranch. Like they have, I mean, they have you know supplies for people who want to go. It's a mainly like it's a place for horse enthusiasts. Uh, and yeah, when I actually got the horse to run, I, I stopped the, the the person I was there with, who was a more experienced rider, English riding, which I wanted is different from Western riding. Yes. Uh, it's two hands in the reins as opposed to one. I don't know why that's... There's uh, different saddles, too. Maybe that's the thing also. I think our, they, our they saddles have the forward. Yeah, um, our saddles, uh, Western saddles have the thing, just the unnecessary horn that hits your nuts. Isn't that for tying up? It's for reasons? tying up the... you're not supposed to grab it while you're... No, it's for tying like, up the reins or something. Something. I don't know. Uh, but no, so then I like... I, I got up next to her to ask to like whisper so that that the actual instructors wouldn't hear like how do i make this thing go like where's the <laughs> i see where's i imagine the stop a, button? Yeah. i imagine a perfect like it's the romantic scene <laughs> with like yo-yo ma in the background and you and then you go get up and gallop up next to the girl yo-yo ma on the neighboring horse how do i go faster <laughs> <laughs> how do i stop but then it turns out you just have to like start doing pelvic thrusts sort of you also have to dig your heels in but like it's a lot it's just kind of so like you sort of air fuck the horse you air fuck the horse and then it's like oh we're going now and once i got it going i was like i totally understand people who are horse people now because it's like yeah. it's a rush when they're actually running like you're running in the water in the nicaraguan beach it was crazy it was so yeah. fun you're like, riding a beast you're riding a beast yeah <laughs> who's you're making it run like it's, yeah, i know it's, yeah i was really surprised at what a big adrenaline rush that is. adrenaline rush that is so that was that was one of the highlights of my trip i also get, was in an arm wrestling competition and uh was nearly <laughs> murdered by um <laughs> Did I already tell? No. I don't want to make this all about me. Like we, we no, can come back. No, this is to, great. Um, well, towards the end of the trip, I went on this surfing trip with some like expats who lived there for a long time. So I trusted they knew. What did they like, change their names to? They did not have to change their names. Um, but I just believed, so they're still Patrick's. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were just implying that. They, oh, I thought you were going for like I kind of had to leave the country. Yeah. For some oh, reason. no, 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 no. I was doing that. Yeah, like what? Argentinian. I was style. going very literal. Yeah, like what rocket science are they experts in? Yeah. Um, so they had told us that there's this great surf spot, but it's like a mile walk to get to it. So I went with, with them. It was five people, five of us, four of us were going to surf. One is uh, a woman who's a surf photographer who's dating one of the surfers we're going with. So, so she was going to be on the beach watching, taking pictures. It's going to be a nice, nice, pleasant day at the beach. Uh, but there's a lot of property crime in Nicaragua, even though it's pretty safe. It's the safest country in Central America, but there's still property crime. And before Christmas, it's especially a thing. What's property crime? I mean, like people don't, there aren't, there aren't like a lot of violent crimes, but just like people, uh, thefts. thefts and robberies, like, but mostly just like strong arm robberies. If you're just, if you're dumb enough to sh- be showing something at night of, of value and you don't have enough people with you to deter somebody. Now I have, could not go there then because as you know, when I go on my night walks, I have to hold my, uh, Ruby in front of me. <laughs> yeah. My he's family guiding, Ruby. He's guiding Ruby. That's how we met, actually. Yeah. Because I remember, yeah, I remember it's a, hard to miss. seeing a, just a red shining thing on a sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay, uh, this story could be long. I'm going to try to make it as short as possible. Um, so as we're pulling up in the SUV to where we're going to park, she shows the butcher knife that she's going to bring with her as as defense in case something happens. And her boyfriend or husband's making fun of her. Like, You're not gonna, and it just, someone crazy. just steals the butcher knife. And <laughs> <run that away. laughs> no, no. You get more mugged. because <laughs> So we walk, we walk like a mile to the beach where you're surfing and you have to walk around a point and then suddenly you're in a cove with these 200 foot cliffs. So there's no, you're, you're isolated from, no one else can see what's happening now in the place where mm. you're set up and surfing. So we all paddle out. She's sitting there setting up the cameras 
And, so and you had to spend the whole night there to get to inherit the will. Yes, that's the <laughs> right, stipulation. Right. And as we're out there, and it's a good like quarter to a half mile paddle out to the place where you're surfing, these, we saw these four teenagers walk around the point and, and towards her, and like the guy oh, who was with her. there. Yeah, well, we we just I trusted they knew what was what the game was. Did uh, your grandpa tell you to never leave a photographer in a cove? Don't leave a lady in a cove. Don't leave a photographer in a cove. <laughs> but so we're watching, and and the guy's like, if those guys stop at her, we're paddling in right now. And they didn't stop her; they kept walking. So we're like, okay, we'll go back to it. And then the surf started to pick up, and it was like the most amazing day of surf of my life. Sure. So much so that all four of us were concentrating on the waves and didn't even look back for probably half an hour to an hour. And we're really uh, far away from her. And uh, finally, the guy who, who was her boyfriend, um, he must have caught a wave in close enough that he could then hear her screaming. So he went in. <laughs> Jesus. And then the, both of them were screaming and flailing their arms, and we pedaled in. And, uh, and yeah, as soon as we got back, she's like, uh, I was robbed. And then the craziest thing wait, is. Wait, those, was it those four guys? Yeah. Like, they three, took our they camera had go- They'd gone back. Uh, three. One of them had left. Three of the four had come back, and she had two cameras and like thousands of dollars worth of lenses. She had a bunch of different bags, so she'd been smart enough as the kids walked away to take a picture of them with one of her cameras from behind, and to take out the knife. So she had the butcher knife in her hand inside a plastic bag, so they couldn't see that she had the knife when they came up. So one of the kids grabbed the camera and ran. One grabbed one of the bags and ran. The third one was trying to get the other bag and trying to get her tripod. So they're doing a tug of war with the tripod and she flips the latch so that the legs extend. So he falls back because he's pulling really hard. So then he stumbles in the blocks on the, on the rocks. And uh, in her words, and she said, and then I picked up my knife and said, oh, hell no. And she drove the knife all the way through the guy's calf. Whoa. This butcher knife went Whoa. all the way through this kid's and calf. And in the background, and into the, in rock the summer, on the happening out side. on the beach. You guys are high-fiving. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it, except as soon as we gotten out, she showed us the knife. And I'll show you the picture I have oh, of the knife. The, the, blood, happened. the blood goes right. all the way up. Um so she's flipping Jesus. out. She's like, I've never hurt anybody before. Ah. Like she's Fuck. conflicted about what she's just done. Um, and then, I, you know, I'm you're, just feeling sipping out of a pineapple in the well, background. It's like all of us <laughs> fucked up by not watching her. Like I just trusted that the dude knew, knew the, what the score was and that he would be paying attention. And we just were so caught up in the waves. And also the kids are smart enough. Like when they came and surrounded her, they sat with her for a while and started to be like, uh, dinero, dinero. And she's like, no, no tango, dinero, low so far. She tried to point to the surfers saying they're coming in any second. Did she have some of your stuff with her as well? I luckily didn't give her any of my stuff. My buddy, the South African, uh, gave her his camera and lenses which were worth like three thousand dollars and that's all gone that was all stolen um wow so yeah the the kids were sitting around her asking about asking for money and stuff and then they kept pointing out at the waves and like those are good like trying to get her to like go back to taking pictures so she'd be distracted and she wasn't falling for it and then i'm sure they waited for a big set to come in so they would know that we couldn't be looking in because we have to be paddling out past it and then did that um but the craziest part is then we're all walking back and we're rounding that point uh at like the one third of the way back mark where suddenly you can see the long beach where sure. there are people and the cove where we are and the trail of blood well as we're walking up there's a 12 year old kid sitting out at that point and as we round the point he stands up and waves a red piece of fabric over his head frantically whoa so then we're it's we like have, the wire yeah so then we have like almost uh almost a mile walk back along the beach where we're just staring up into the jungle the whole time wait wondering 
waiting if there's going to be retaliation. And like, and the other other three guys are talking about what they're gonna do. They're gonna use their surfboards as weapons, and I'm just thinking about like what a huge pussy I am. And like, I'm like, I, I look big enough that hopefully I'm intimidating, but like, I'm useless. I will be in a using fight. my running legs as a yeah. weapon. Right. I'm like, who should have the knife? She's like, I'm gonna keep the knife. I'm like, all right, I guess we'll use our boards. Uh, well, obviously, so, you could use her her body as a, some sort of shield, <laughs> of course, <laughs> as we already had once that day. Um, but yeah, so they they know the mayor of the ta- of that area, so they like, reported it right away, and he was going to make it his priority to find these guys. They showed the picture, and like, oh yeah, we know who these people are. But as with everything there, like everything's so corrupt, like the cops won't do anything. You have to even settle it with armor. Well, so everybody knows everybody there, so it did it did come back through the grapevine that indeed, <laughs> indeed, that kid who was on who was sitting out in the point. Like he was there uh, to signal whether or not they should come down and kill her. That's defi- that's definite. Yeah. So if there had been fewer of us there, the the thing was like, don't come down. I, that's the crazy thing. I can't imagine why a, a red flag would mean don't come murder, but I guess the red flag meant the don't come murder. Don't come flag. murder. Yeah. But had had there been maybe one of us, or if she'd been alone, he would have signaled, yeah, come down and, and kill this lady. What? So why like would they, the whole, well, they already robbed her. Why were they going to kill her? Because the she's stabbing. She's, I mean, she permanently. I mean, that kid's not going to ever. You know, he's not going to fucking play soccer ever again in his life. Yeah, but like, fuck him. Well, that's what, that's the funny thing. Is like in the U.S., she would have been like hailed as a like like a, like a you know, rising up fighting the. She'd be a hero, not even a controversial like Bernie Gates style hero. She'd be like a hero. And down there, everybody's just like, oh, you fucked up because that's a bad family. They're going to retaliate, and you have to leave the country now. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter that. Right. Right. Did she leave? Uh, she didn't. She stayed in her house for a few weeks. Um, yeah, I should. I want to follow up because I actually heard that the South African guy who stayed out later than I did, they actually, the cops weren't going to do anything. So they went with the security guard who had his own weapons and just went directly to the house of one of the kids because he wanted to get his cameras back. And I guess there were machetes and guns drawn and <laughs> there was a fight. Jesus. Yeah, I got I to gotta hear what you the gotta rest take, of that. Like, you got to take higher budget trips, man. No, dude. You always like, do these like $10 flights. After all this, <laughs> after all this, I, I want to go back and I'm thinking about buying some property down there. <laughs> wow, Rambo I style. love it. I love it. I didn't go for a vacation. I went for an adventure. So man. how did that? Yeah. So how did this end with arm wrestling? Uh, it was a different. There was just like a boxing night that was in this <laughs> warehouse one night, and in between rounds, <laughs> unrelated, unrelated. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He joined a bare knuckle league, right? <laughs> but there was a. Uh, it was just the local like boxing gym that was having this fight night with like seven fights, and in between rounds, they would do things like have people from the audience come up and box each other. <laughs> just drunk people would put on headgear and give them gloves, <laughs> and they just go to town on each other. And they also did like an arm wrestling tournament in between rounds. So I wow. entered that and I won the first one. Then I lost to the guy who ended up winning the whole thing. Wow, I don't have anything that crazy. How was your trip? How's your uh, kidney? Yeah, Uh, kidney's fine. Turns out it was prostatitis, as I told the lady at the emergency place, and she's like, "Well, man, no." Which just means chronic swollen prostate. Just means your prostate's all swollen and shitty. But that got taken care of. This just an an antibiotic regimen. But it it just goes back to a a normal size. Yeah, and sometimes you have to take the antibiotics again if it happens again. Oh, but that like is what caused all the crap in the first place. I I uh, so I was out for like a month. And um, and uh, I in Paducah, Kentucky, at uh, the University of Kentucky, I uh, was uh, doing a gig. And I, uh, for some reason, similar to you, just joining a bare knuckle league. You do. I notice when when you're extremely isolated, you don't know anyone. Yeah. Um, I tend to do way weirder stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, I uh, I won a brolesque competition. What? <laughs> um. <laughs> Was happening at a uh, at a bar next to did my you, gig. Did you know it was happening, or did you find out you nope. wanted to show, at the end of the evening? Showed up, and uh, they were having brolesque, 
Which is like dudes doing uh, stripper routines, you know, stuff like that. But you that. did specifically enter it. It wasn't like... Oh, yes. You weren't okay. just like partying yes. at this. And then at the end, someone like... No, no. By I, the way, you've won this. No, I entered. <laughs> um, I entered the burlesque. Because the thing is, is it was Paducah, Kentucky. So everyone's up there. Every song's free bird. And it's just these dudes. like, And they don't have a routine. They don't have anything. But I was wearing a suit and tie. So I did uh, the Crash of Wall Street routine. Um, just sort of <laughs> made it up real quick where, oh, losing my clothes, you know. Um, so I, I uh, had Spotify on my phone. I put on Limehouse Blues by Django Reinhardt, which I know very well. So I could improvise the dance. And it was like a 1929, like Wall Street crash, you know. And I had torn some pieces of straw. You know, the paper, the straw comes in. It's like a little ticker tape okay, type thing okay. where all the, all the stocks are crashing. And then I'm taking off my tie. And uh, I fucking won that shit. What? Yeah, I won. 200 bucks. <laughs> oh, my God. And you said you had no story to top the stabbing. That's way better. No, it's not. Yes. What are you talking about? You, you got caught up in a, in a uh, Pablo Escobar <laughs> fucking root, you know, <laughs> conspiracy. I just, I just uh, d- want to dance off. Is there any documentation of this? Have we got any stills, any video? There might be some stills. Oh, my God. I, I got to see it. Were you at, at any time, like, coquettishly covering parts of your body and then revealing them? Like, Absolutely. With, with not a fan, though. What did you have instead of a fan? Or... No, I had, like, my tie and I had okay. stuff like that. But then I wasn't prepared. I mean, so then I was just wearing uh, boxer briefs. You just went down to boxer briefs. And that was yeah, you don't show yeah. the actual yeah, stuff. I don't think you should. But these other guys sucked. They, were, they weren't even trying. No, they you weren't had a theme? Trying. You had a song you knew? Yeah. Well, I just, I was like, obviously, <laughs> if I'm going to do male burlesque, Wall Street crash. Right, right. You know? Uh, what is it? Black Monday? What's it called? Uh, wait, Friday is the... Jumping. Black Friday is the Jesus thing. Black Monday is... That sounds is it right. Black Tuesday? Black Tuesday? It's Black something. Shitty... I bet it's Monday. Shitty Monday? I bet it was a Monday, yeah. Um, but then wait, Black Friday is the Steely Dan song about a crash. It's not about shopping. Black Friday is definitely the Jesus thing. We're sure it's not Wednesday? It could have been Wednesday. could have been a Wednesday. I don't think it was a Ash, Thursday. Ash Tuesday. Ash... No, see, no. no. Shrove Tuesday, Ash Wednesday. Okay. Tuesdays, no, Tuesdays, uh, tacos. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> um, and then which day do you get the let out? I always forget which day that happens. Sunday. Sunday, Sun- Sunday fun day. the let out. That's okay. when you get the let out. Um, no, but that was probably the weirdest, just completely on my own exploit. Yeah, that's pretty great. I was just trying to think of something comparable to like a, an arm wrestling competition. <laughs> that's hilarious to me. <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. The only other thing I did, I mean, I did uh, you know, a ton of shows, and, and thank you to all the probably scientists that came out, and I, I got to meet a lot of you, and, you, and you're all way smarter than me. Um, uh, I saw a lot of, this kind of has to do with being stabbed in the calf. Um, I always like to go to uh, uh, famous murder sites. Oh, of course. Like you do. So on this trip, um, I went to Columbine High, toured Columbine. Oh. Um, and the Clutter family home in Holcomb, Kansas, where the uh, the In Cold Blood murders, the Capote, oh, the yeah, Truman yeah. Capote murders. The Truman um, Capote murders. <laughs> the Truman Capote murders. Um, him, and, uh, him and his chins. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was a terrible, uh, terrible murder. So I went to the Clutter House and saw that, and that was uh, fascinating. Morbid? Um, it's morbid, but not that, like, I yeah. I mean, I guess it's on par with like taking pictures of a of a bloody butcher knife, which I did on my trip. <laughs> sure, no, I've always yeah, been... except the blood was fresh, right? Yeah, and the person it was from was running into the woods. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to 1959, hobbling, stumbling. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah. I had that's a crazy story. <laughs> I did some it shows the... and saw some friends. <laughs> sure, watched a couple of films. Yeah, I mainly did that. I got my uh, I got my dad onto Alan Partridge. 
Oh, nice. Oh, the yeah. movie's great. I just the watched Alpha the movie. Papa? Mm-hmm. What's that? Alpha Papa. Oh, I enjoyed your... Uh, that's the name of the movie. That was the song. It is? Yeah. The Alan Partridge movie is called Alpha Papa? Like yeah. The colon Alpha Papa? Or... Yeah. Oh. Like the one that just came out. Yeah. The radio sta- oh, okay. Yeah, the one where the radio station gets taken over a yeah, hostage yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Oh, that's great. I enjoyed listening to your dad. You and your dad. So funny. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> thinkers, you. I forgot to start the hashtag thinkers cleft. Thinkers cleft. <laughs> a little ridiculous. I'm not really with him on that. No, I, I love it. I think it's a caveman brow. Um, but yeah, if you're in Nashville, go to his bar, will you? Uh, that bar again is called oh, uh, the Idle Hour Tavern. Um, oh. And go go enjoy a beer. But you you were back in the UK. Yeah, I got to meet a couple of the British probably science listeners at a couple of shows, which was very nice. Thank you very much, those guys who came out. Nice. Uh, caught up with friends, including some past guests of the show. Uh, Did you stop by Hatfield's book signing? No, I couldn't. Jesus, man. I tried to. I was going to try and do it, but then when I looked at the timing of it, it was at 7.30, and that night I was going to go and see friend of the show Nick Doody opening for Dave Gorman Uh, at a theatre show, and they clashed. I couldn't do them both. Why didn't you preface uh, Gorman with enemy of the show? We always say who friends of the show are, and we never say enemy of the show. Well, at the moment, we don't know. He's neutral on the show. He's show... <laughs> we should have, I feel we should have some enemies right, of the right. show. He's show neutral. Uh, it could be like pro wrestling, where people can sometimes change alliances. And... <laughs> yeah. He's had a heel turn. Right. Yeah. Um, Nick, uh, his wife, Kirsty, and I will also watch The Theory of Everything, the film about Stephen Hawking, which is, I don't know if any of our science listeners have had a watch of this. It's seen it. fucking ridiculous. Really? The, the the acting is amazing. Some of the love story or whatever is cool. It's nicely directed. They've done well with the art direction. Any of the science... I, I, was, I had to re-watch bits because I wanted to make sure I wasn't being one of these... You know, like if like a policeman watches a police procedure or whatever, yeah. like, as if you fill out Form 3071B in this scenario. I wanted to make sure I wasn't being that person. Right. Yeah. There are two points in it. One that's a little bit of a nitpick, but one that's just... Have you seen the film? I have. I'm trying to think of what... Uh, if there were moments that bothered me. Maybe I'm not as smart as you are, so go ahead. No, okay, right. Here's, it's not smart. It's just... Here's okay. the nitpicking one. Here's the Form 3071B, but I still think it was stupid and careless and lazy writing, and that is... Is this the one Is this the one where when he's 70, he's a pro swimmer? Yeah. <laughs> is this that part? Because exactly. <laughs> I thought that's not a Stephen Hawking. It was far-fetched. It's far-fetched. It was a bit of a fancy sequence. But um, <laughs> So the bit there's a bit early on... Where and by the way, none of this is spoilers. None of this really interferes with the film. Yeah. There's a bit early on where his PhD supervisor says, "I'm going to London uh, to see a lecture by the mathematician Roger Penrose. Would you care to join me?" You go, Why would you say the mathematician? mathematician. <laughs> like it's such clumsy, right? <laughs> Why would a professor of mathematics say to one of his math PhD yeah. students, "Oh, the ma- the mathematician Roger"? For, apart from the fact that he know. know who he is, but you're fucking math students and then you see the lecture two scenes later so there was no reason yeah there was no reason to let the audience know like if you want to if you want to make clear like say what it's on like go to the Penrose lecture yeah go to see a lecture on black hole singularity whatever like you just oh this is a math guy Um, so that was the little nitpick one this is the stupid scene this is this is the ridiculous one and this is the bit that we had to rewind to go no they didn't fucking do this Mm -hmm. you got a VHS of this so I've got a screener of it oh yeah yeah um so we've got a, um, in the middle, halfway through the film, or thereabouts, and again, I don't think this is a spoiler, it's kind of obvious it has to be in the film, there's the bit where Hawking has his theory of black holes and Hawking radiation, and it's like the big sure. theory that puts him on the scientific map. Sure. Listen back to the Jan 11 episode of our yeah, show if yeah. you want to understand actually what's happening, because you won't from the film. <laughs> um, 
But here's how the here's how the scene is structured. Hawking is talking to a room full of professors who, by the way, look like the most stereotypical central casting professors. Yeah. Simultaneously, it's intercutting between another scene where his best friend is in the pub explaining the theory to their mates. Okay. Like using like beer froth drawing on the table and stuff. So you go, okay, well, this was clearly written, structure, so that Hawking's bit of the scene will be like science, science, math, math, equations, equations. Sure. But then it cuts to the other, the pub scene, to explain it to the viewers. Of course. That's not what happens. All right. There's clearly a rewrite on this at some point. Hawking's scene is even more just hand-wavy, vague, like Wikipedia summary of it. Like, there's no equations, there's no mathematics, there's nothing going on there. He just goes, so, uh, over time, the black holes will evaporate. Right. At which point, almost like a parody of one of those, like if you went to Funny or Die or College Year and went, just do me a parody of one of the, like, right. the genius scenes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, almost like a parody of one of those scenes, one professor stands up and goes, this is preposterous, <laughs> storms out, <laughs> followed by two other professors. Then another guy on the other side of the room stands up and goes, like, gentlemen, I'm Professor Foreign from Science University. <laughs> And as you know, I'm an expert in this, and he's right. Right. At which point, everyone just starts applauding and stands up. Nice. And then they all leave the room. Like, they all just leave. No follow-up questions. Yeah, no evidence. <laughs> so the entire scene is just like, here's my theory. He's wrong. He's right. Applause. Yay, exit. <laughs> like, it's just like, who Man. the fuck wrote that? I so, thought that was acceptable. But I, mean, I, I guess I just sort of thought that's how you have to do those scenes because how no. else can you do them? Because if, if you do them the real way, they'd be so dry. Well, that's what. But that's what the pub scene is for. You can you can even do like a little, you know, that sort of editing trick where they either fade in and out of his words. You don't ever really hear full right. sentences. Yeah. It's just like you see gesticulations. Or, you see like vague imagery in the, on the blackboard, but you can't make yeah, out. Yeah. Like, meanwhile, like, the friend in the pub is the one who that who is actually explaining what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Sure. And then you see the applause and the back slapping, and then you see his book getting published with the theory and everything so you you get the well, montage yeah, yeah you genius get, montage you still have There's, to have the conflict of people who disagree but they would probably disagree in reality they would like yeah. point to a part of the equation and say how did you arrive at this conclusion here that how did yeah, you yeah i'm not this? saying you need to do like a full hour and a half lecture right. on, on on the theory just you know, just don't do that yeah because right. that we pissed ourselves laughing like it was just i forgot the, about how they all just cleared out of the room afterwards. <laughs> like, like well, no our work here well this is revolutionized our subject <laughs> us all experts in this field but done it we're overdue for lunch so we'll see <laughs> so you guys just later. like yeah. well done steven good uh, work i don't know that that to me didn't uh surprise me as much as did you stay uh, until after the credits i was really surprised when uh, nick fury came to recruit him like, oh, I yeah, didn't expect yeah. that to happen, but you know it's... that was that was interesting. Yeah, the bionic legs and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who played him in the movie? Uh, oh God, um, I forgot the guy's name. I don't think he's Eddie known for uh, Redmayne. Besides that, yet. Well, yeah. uh, has the movie come out? The the Turing movie come out yet? Yes, everyone's saying it's yep. great. I really? got that one as well. If you want to watch it, when is the public going to turn on Cumberbatch? Oh, how could you look at those eyes? No, everyone turns on, you know, it's it's already sort of happening to Louis C.K., right? What? Like, I don't know about the public turn against Louis C.K. Well, no, what, what I mean is it's like, a, it's inevitable for anyone, whether no matter how great you are. It's well, ine- it's inevitable. I mean, but it doesn't have to be a huge swing. Like, your popularity may ebb and flow, but, you know, it's not inevitable for everyone to end up hated at some point. Not like, hated, but just not... Uh, not God's gift. Yeah, not God's gift. Just you turn into a who gives a shit. Right. You know, like, I'm very indifferent to Meryl Streep. 
Totally oh, indifferent. Me too. me too. Just completely indifferent. In, Meryl Streep is a pH of seven for me. <laughs> Meryl Streep movies taste like water. I, I just don't care. I, I, it doesn't anger me. It arouses nothing. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing that bothers me is just like the really aggressive, giant, creepy Marilyn, uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh, Meryl Streep overlooking Sunset Boulevard as I was going to the comedy store the other night. Like it's really disturbing. Like the Into the Woods billboards just like oh. they just burrow into your soul. Have you not seen a lot of Into the Woods posters, billboards? No, no, I haven't seen them. Matt is taking off for parts unknown. Oh, oh good call, Matt. Good call. Um, thought we could do with a bit of illumination. Indeed. Uh, so, we have some people to thank. We, we do. have so many. Before we get into stories, we, we're we going to have to do this relatively quickly. Because, and we're going to be less rusty next week, guys. You, yeah. you guys were so, so generous over the holidays. Thank you as well. Everyone who used the Amazon link, that really made a big difference. Huge difference. So, yeah, people who did their holiday shopping using that link, that was that was very helpful. And thank you very much for thinking of us when you did that. And yes. thank you particularly to the people who donated over the... Last it's it's been almost a month, so we've got a lot of people to thank. But um, monthly donations, first of all, uh, both set up or paid um, or continuing. Uh, thank you, Murphy Shane, uh, Paul Freeland, yes. Brooks Gilmore. Thanks, Brooks. Uh, Matthew Arnold. There he is. Uh, Jessica Allen, uh, Paolo Says Navarro. Welcome back, uh, stateside, Paolo. Uh, Anderson Jones. Anderson. Uh, Robert Howley. Howley. And Caroline Laco. So. <laughs> thank you, all of those. Lego Tuesday. Uh, thank you for those people who've set up recurring donations. Some of them very generous. Yeah, we really, really appreciate it, you guys. And then, uh, and then some one-off. Get, don- yeah, a bunch of donors just send in one-time donations, which we really appreciate. Uh, this this listener also sent us a very long email about which are the best post Beatles solo albums that maybe we'll get into later. Uh, John Pears sent a donation. Thank you, John. Mm, yes, partridge uh, in that tree. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that was a generous donation. A uh, very generous very donation generous. from Sam Wright. Hey, Sam. Thank you. Uh, and he said that uh, Jesse's story on the Janet Varney episode is uh, one of the greatest stories he's ever heard. I think you guys know the one we're talking about. And mm. somehow not put off by the attempts at the Australian accents either. He said no. he might even donate every time there's an Australian accent. <laughs> by the way, I forgot to say I was surfing with a lot of Australians. And like, there's a definite like surfer Australian accent. It's, Whoa. Like, it's like the SoCal... Like zero affect, you know? Like, he's just trying to be like, is, is, is a little affect as possible, but then the sentence you go up. It's right. like, you know what you're talking about? It's like a, a new affect, but then maybe it's like a question. It's like you're super chill, just talking about whatever. Super and it's, chill, it's you're just out there hitting some waves. But then it goes up at the go, end. Go up. Yeah, that's that's my Australian surfer. Okay, so if you want to donate because of that, go ahead. Just hitting a few uh, waves, having a cucumber. Cause, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just going to go out and hit some waves and eat this cucumber. <laughs> now it's Liverpool again. Now you're making me. Yeah, yeah. Morgan Perrine. Morgan. 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 Who also sends in stories on the regular, has sent in some money. Thank you, Morgan. Thanks, Morgan. Uh, Richard Goldstone, who has promised to donate every time we have a New Zealand guest, uh, very much enjoyed the episode with Dr. Christina and the spider monkeys. So thank we, you very much. We enjoyed it too, and we hope your Goldstones heal up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 That's when a ghost eats too much. Uh, Protein? Like what? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's we, we develop a. I love a beer and a mop. Yeah, that's my uh, favorite Marcus, uh, ghost joke. What? Ghost walks into a bar and says, uh, "I'll have a beer and a mop." Uh, I like a <laughs> skeleton. They do skeleton or ghost. Yeah. But how would the ghost pick out the bed? <laughs> okay. No, it's a good call. I appreciate you fact-checking me. I did originally hear it was skeleton. You're right. But I associate uh, skeletons with ghouls. All right, Marcus Haytanen. I guess they from- do hang out in a lot of the same kind of dungeons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's this? Marcus Haytanen Hay- from Australia. So I love Anna. Another Australian. Uh, David Worths, um, who actually wrote in to say that he used to live in our very neighborhood of Valley what? Village. 
back in the uh, early no. 90s. Yeah. David Worths. Thank you, David. Uh, Andrew Pacocha. Why would Worths? Why would the Worths man ever leave? <laughs> why would you leave Valley Village? Uh, David's moved to the ba- the Bay Area now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you, Andrew Pacocha. Thank you, um, David Geelan. Uh, he thank said you. He was, thank you, very thank you Andrew and David. He was motivated by you soldiering on uh, in spite of the stone oh. last month. Good and work, has Justin. donated an amount equivalent to his the atomic number of his other favorite elements. Uh, uh, yeah, David, that was a very generous donation, and we really, really um, appreciate it. And yeah, um, yeah man. Yeah, let's just, let, it, it wasn't hydrogen. Let's just say that. Let's, <laughs> let's just... This chachi over here is making, <laughs> making Joan Rivers look like a... <laughs> to, to, tootin' common. Cassavetes <laughs> looks like... Yeah. Makes Lex Luthor look like... <laughs> By the way, listeners who haven't, uh, it's been a while since we talked about it. Go, go Google the Dennis Miller reference generator. The one of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, Dennis made Miller for us. bot is incredible. It's, uh, it's great. Uh, Alicia Flint has donated. Thank you very much. Thank you, Miss Flint. And you light our fire. Uh, Mark Cushino sent a very specific amount of money. With I don't know whether this is a translation from a, or a, from a different currency, but. He enjoys the monkey fucking talk. Yeah, he does. He enjoys the monkey fucking talk. And wants and wants a big hi to uh, his friends Batman at Mohawk Aaron. Hello, Mohawk Aaron, Batman at Ron's robot. Although I don't know whether that's actually Mark. Wait, at Ron. Hmm. Let's figure (laughs) this out. Mohawk Aaron. Okay. Let's not spend too much time given. We wanted to say hi to them. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Lewis (laughs) has donated thanks to the Chris Hadfield episode and said. Yeah, Kristen will donate every time we have an astronaut on the show. So, who's that? Wait, somebody's here. <laughs> Jesse, get the door for me. Hello. Hey, boys. Can we can we help you? I can't hear you very clearly. Is there a helmet? <laughs> it's me, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz, really? Mr. Aldrin, this is an honor. I can't. How did you find out about our podcast? Well, I listened to the podcast. How did you know? Where we live? <laughs> Did you just die? No, I had a little California raisin popped out there. Back into the gravity. Well, I just wanted to come on so I could claim that money from the girl. All right, bye. Well, thanks. thanks, Buzz. Have a, have a good one, Mr. Oh. Well, that's awesome. a shame, shame he couldn't stay longer and actually yeah, answer I mean, any specific I had a lot of questions, questions for him. Me too. But, I would have loved but, uh, to talk to him. But. That would be cool. No, right. but, but uh, oh. anyway, Kristen, yeah, go ahead and send in some more there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Tisdale donated. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, uh, thank you, Melissa Jones, as well. Melissa, we really, uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you to Chaz Moreno, who really wants to make sure we don't actually think he's going to murder us. <laughs> and we are not. We don't think that. We don't right, think guys? so, Chaz. Chaz, right? you're a good guy. You're a, you're good. a great father. Yeah. You're a good boyfriend slash husband, whichever you said you were. You are a responsible member of the community. And you have donated some money to our cause. So thank and you we, very much, We Chaz. like you very much, Chaz. Yes. So thank you, Chaz. Um, thank you, Rob... Rob, Rob Rancock. Rob... Wait, what? What a name. Rob Rancock. Rob Ren? Rob... R-O-B-R-A-N. And and has Rob Rand's donated a generous amount that is a multiple Very... of the constant in Newton's classical theory of gravity. Wow. So thank you. That's uh Well that number makes me fall right down with the generosity. <laughs> thank you, Rob Rancock. So that uh, that's very- we got to go to Australia, guys. We really do. I mean, we've we're looking putting at these- this off. Yeah. Um, it's looking more likely that I'll be there at some point later in the year. Thanks to last time I did Will Anderson's podcast and asked people to email into the comedy store in Sydney. And oh, and you got they got it, actually. Well, I got a screenshot from at least one person who got a reply from the comedy store saying, "Yeah, a lot of people have been emailing about him recently. A lot of 
a lot of people and we're trying to <laughs> like, oh, wow. like I think they like it's I crossed think, the line. I think they actually pissed him off, him off but uh hopefully it'll result yeah, in coming there. But I I'd like if I'm out there at the same time, I'd like to try and work out getting both Andy and Jesse out as well and well, it just makes sense. We, should, we just gotta do the Melbourne Festival. I keep I I'm I'm in with those guys. We gotta go do that. Let's do it. Let's do let's, let's do, do something. We'll try and combine the two. It wouldn't be hard. Or just doing a Kickstarter just to do a one off show in Sydney or something. Yeah, we could Clearly we'll make something house. happen. Of course. Um yeah, naturally. Well, I think yeah, start off in the smaller of the rooms in the opera house and then Well then uh, well yeah, after the opera well yeah, and then after the opera house I guess we just move to the outback and just do just standing room only sort of outback just shows. Filling the yeah. outback. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of fill the outback. Cool. Um, yeah, I feel like that's not fair. sure it's a great idea. See, it's, it seems like a kind of a, a not the best idea, is it? Is it if we just, just going to come out do this podcast and, and, and eat a question? All right, we're, I think we're limiting our chance of playing that uh, out. Okay, yeah. We've got a lot of stories that we should... We, so many listeners have sent so in so many... So many stories, let's, so much science let's talk happened. into these electric cucumbers. <laughs> That's not even, again, <laughs> Liverpool at best. At, I mean, I'm being generous with that. Did you guys... Okay, let's just get it. Did you guys stay up two nights ago to watch... my Liverpool? <laughs> That's completely different from me, Australian. <laughs> just want to sit here with this cucumber. What's a cucumber? I don't know. It's fun to say in that accent. Whatever accent I'm doing. I don't know, guys. Hey, did, has anything happened in science lately? Yeah, did you guys, quite a few things. Did you guys stay up on Monday night to watch the... Um, my my uh, dad won't let me watch space X movies. Uh, oh, what is, what is Ray, playing? Ray SpaceX. Uh, I, I, I stayed up until 3.20 Pacific time to see the uh, the launch, or the, what, the aborted launch of... Yeah. Uh, of the SpaceX rocket that was going to be the first to um, attempt to catch its uh, its first stage, as opposed to just having it like fall into the ocean. Um, and I think that's supposed to go off again. Aren't they going for like Friday? Wait, well, what was the thing that blew up then? Like oh, last nothing. month or the month before? Oh, uh, we talked about It was supposed that. to dock with ISS. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was a different thing. Different thing? Yeah, yeah. This was just going to... This is also going to dock with ISS. This is a Falcon 9 rocket. Um and yeah, what the most remar- remarkable part about it was the fact that uh, traditionally, like rockets are designed, uh, like the the stages are designed to just to fall back to Earth after separating. Sure. And then they burn up and reentry or crash into the ocean, and it's obviously wasting millions of dollars. Uh, so SpaceX wanted to pioneer a reusable rocket, which could change the economics of space travel. And they had this drone uh, ship that was going to go out in the ocean, and um, they're going to try to try to land it on that somehow. I couldn't tell from the articles how exactly it was going to be wait, wait, slowing uh, itself down. Um, but you they're going to try to land. Same. Yeah, they're going to try to land one of the stages, one of the fallen stages on yeah. that thing. Yeah, so, so they, they could, could reclaim it instead of having it. to spend millions every time with. But I thought only okay. New. I thought only the first stage fell back in. The other stages were already out. There, there are multiple stages that fall off as you as Normally you go. Normally, there are three. I, I guess most of them are. Th- hey, I'm no rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like it's making Perry Farrell look like. Makes Evan Dando look like. <laughs> what? Um, but uh, I, okay, but I thought the last two stages were already in so space. He- so when you said catch its own, I thought you meant it's orbiting. No, it somehow reattaches and comes back no so here's what happens this is a cnn article before the launch which didn't work it was aborted but um nolan fellows listener sent that in according to the cnn article um a rapid uh, a fully and rapidly reusable rocket uh is the pivotal breakthrough needed to substantially reduce the cost of space access 
The company has twice attempted soft landings of the Falcon 9's first stage on water. Uh, these tests show that the rocket is capable of reducing its speed from hypersonic to nearly zero and deploy landing legs. In those tests, the rocket tipped sideways and crashed into the ocean, causing damage that made the rocket unusable. Uh, that was the, according to plan. Sure. On Tuesday, the company will try the same soft landing for the Falcon 9's first stage, but this time on a custom-built floating platform it calls, calls the Autonomous Spaceport Drone Ship. I still what a don't, name. I don't understand how it could slow itself down without having to... I mean, maybe... I, I, well, I presume so it, it has some the fuel article. still going, so it, I, I presume after it's detached, it's still burning something. But think about that. That's that's going to, I mean, not going to be the exact same fuel expenditure as the initial takeoff, but probably on par, like, to slow itself back down to zero, you're going to have to there, save so there, much. Aren't so, there parachutes think, involved? I would guess parachutes, but it doesn't say in the article. Involved. I would think parachutes are more parachutes efficient are way involved. Oh, well, God. Matt's taking out some paper. I'm taking out he's, paper he's just because... running I, some numbers here. No, I, I'm you're taking out paper because I remembered every time we do the show, and then Andy has to go through listening to it to make notes on what the description oh, okay. is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I thought I'd actually make notes as we went along this time. Sure. Um, new year? But, some, uh, new, some new thought technologies? Here's how I think it... Here's how I'm guessing it works. I don't know for sure. You need a huge amount of fuel to get the entire mass of both the boosters and all the stages of the rocket into orbit. Huge amount. Once they've gone, then it's in free fall. Mm-hmm. And it's going to reach... Um, oh, it's true. Terminal velocity terminal is going not that fast, probably. Yeah, yeah it'll be fast because it's rocket-shaped. Um, so it'll be relatively fast, but it'll hit that terminal velocity. And then as okay. it gets within a certain distance of the Earth, I would guess it then refires some kind of rocket booster. That it had to save. Which then, yeah, it re- it'll fire some extra... Okay. Engine, which slows its descent down. So there is some cost in terms of lost, but it definitely fuel that could have been used for the actual. Yeah, but it definitely doesn't need anything like the amount of fuel that it takes to actually get the entire rocket off the ground. Yeah. By the way, I, I went down a, an mm. Elon Musk uh, wormhole that night after the aborted uh, launch, and I read his Reddit AMA, which is pretty interesting. We can link to that over on probablyscience.com if you guys want to check it out. Who's that? You say? Elon Musk of SpaceX and Tesla. Oh, yeah. He was asked about um, uh, questions about this launch uh, as well. Like People asked, how will you secure that first stage to the barge once it lands? Gravity or some other mechanism? And he said, mostly gravity. Um, Maybe that wasn't the most interesting question to (laughs) point out (laughs) from his AMA. But people asked him about just his his take on, on learning how he has managed to be such a an accomplished polymath and uh, he's had some interesting takes on stuff wow he's the guy that what didn't they say that tony stark the movie version of tony stark was kind of based on oh, i didn't know that i mean you heard that maybe that's no, apocryphal i don't know he does fight crime he does fight crime in his spare time wow um yeah so thank you nolan fellows oh wait, oh, wait hold on a second who someone's at the door again. Hey, hello it's me again Buzz. Oh, Buzz. Hey, what do you want now? Hey, I heard you talking about space. So we're never going back to the moon? I went up to the moon. We're never going back, I guess. Is that decided? Have we, are we not going back? I guess we're just never going back to the moon. That's that's too bad, Buzz. Oh, wait a minute, Buzz. What? Well, hold on. <laughs> did, did you know that a, a British-led consortium has outlined its plan to land a robotic probe on the moon in 10 years, Buzz? Robots! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Of all people, Buzz Aldrin shouldn't be afraid of robots. He's gone again. <laughs> Left another little California raisin there on the on the ground. Don't well, the spacesuits have things inside to collect those? I know. <laughs> it's weird that he still wears that suit yeah. everywhere. Um, well, I guess once you get used to a certain cloth, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, so the aim here is to raise 500 million pounds uh, for the project, and this is from donations by the public. Um, in return, donors would be able to have photos, text, and their DNA included in a time capsule, which would be buried under the lunar surface. This will be called Lunar Mission 1, and it aims to survey the moon's south pole to see if a human base can be set up in the future. Doesn't this seem like a big step backwards? Like, we've sent probes to, to Mars. They know about that, right? The yeah, but none of them had, like, selfies of English people. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and also that was all done in dollars, not pounds. <laughs> okay, I see. You I know. wonder if you get to pick what kind of DNA of yours... I know. ...goes on don't open it. Don't yeah. open the capsule. <laughs> Don't open the time capsule. Oh, good. Yes, yeah, the ship, which will be cool. I'd leave that call. time capsule a few minutes if I were you. <laughs> um, so the plan has received the endorsement of a host of well-known scientists and organizations. These include Professor Brian Cox, the astronomer Royal Lord Rees, and Professor Monica Grady of the Open University. David Iron, who is leading the project, says he was setting up the initiative because governments were increasingly finding it difficult to fund space missions. Anyone in the world would be able to get involved. <laughs> you committed to it. Let's, let's finish this. Anyone in the world will be able to get involved for as little as just a few pounds. Lunar Mission 1 will make a huge contribution to our understanding of the origins of our planet and the moon, he said. Uh, the team <laughs> hoped to raise uh, £600,000 using the international crowdfunding web service Kickstarter in the next four weeks to fund the initial phase of the project. So this should have already started, because this is a story from November. Oh, yeah. How did this end up on our radar? Because it's Who's left over from before. <laughs> yes, how long we've been. It's been on our wall for a while. Um, oh, wow. Uh, well, and then, it's, and then it's for the cost. So the rest of the cost will be from uh, setting up, you know, what you want to send. For instance, uh, the cost of a short message will be a few pounds. A compressed photo will be a few tens of pounds, while a short compressed video will be about 200 pounds. The cost of sending a hair sample, there it is, okay. 50 pounds. All right. I uh, don't see the appeal of this. I don't know. I want my DNA on the moon. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I want my DNA on most bodies. Well, I mean, if you remember most from astronomical. Our, if you could put any video of yourself, I mean, would you put like a short stand-up set like in this time capsule on the moon? Mm. Would you? Oh, have, we could. Like... We could get the first podcast on the moon. Oh, we could. Mm. Like a few. If we recorded a. Do they have audio? They didn't say whether an audio clip. Oh, but the video could just be black. Or, or we could just put some video in there. We could do. Yeah. What's the time capsule? So th- All right, I'm looking this so up now to they're see whether... They're planning two missions then, because they have to go back and get the time capsule. We can't let on that we're doing this, though, because like there won't be any... If someone else is also putting theirs in there, then uh, we'll, t- yeah. we'll be tied with Some that. sort of enemy podcast. Right, so we can't... We, we're, we're already talking about it in the Some podcast. Sort of enemy what are we the doing, show? guys? Why Whoa. did we... Uh, let's redact already, all this. They have already beaten their pledge goal. I'm looking at their Kickstarter now. Wow. Their goal was 600,000. They're already on 672,000. <laughs> That's a Professor lot of pounds. So successfully funded very shortly after starting it. So, um, but yeah. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about the people who were supporting it, Brian Cox. Uh, who was the first guy to play Hannibal Lecter. And, and uh, whose namesake Manhunter? is a scientist. Yeah. Who's what? Whose namesake is a scientist yeah. and presenter uh, who hosts the Infinite Monkey Cage with Robin Ince, which is having a live tour coming to the US later on in the year. So I thought I'd give that one a little plug. Robin Ince, Brian Cox, and various good guests. If you're a fan of our show, you're very likely to be a fan of theirs. Absolutely. Go and see their live tour. And also, hopefully, when they come to LA, um, I'm pretty sure Robin's going to be on the show uh, trying to get Brian as well. 
but you may know him as the principal from Rushmore. That's Brian Cox, actor <laughs> Brian Cox. <laughs> actor Brian Cox will be on the yes. show. We actually, um, we're not going to do any spoilers here. We have some. We, this is going to be a great year for the show. I think so. Again, sorry we're rusty right now, guys. I don't think we're that so rusty. That really? Rusty. Is it because okay. I'm so tired? I've lost You're objectivity. I I just got back into town literally half an hour before we started. This You're is when we're going to get people writing and going, no, you are you are rusty. Uh, so I've, pro- I've probably lost all objectivity. Well, never mind. Guys, we're great. Point is, this is going to be a great year for the show. We have some guests lined up that will blow your socks off. Uh, didn't Hatfield say on the, on the Chris Hatfield episode that our next step was Moonbase, though? It might be, but I don't get why an unmanned mission is the uh, best way to go about heading down the road towards a, a moon Well, base. to check out a new part of it. So the, the Southern Pole or something? I guess so. I don't know. I'm always for sending more stuff. Lob, yeah. Let's lob some shit out there. Yeah. Just send up some, send up some birds. Lob it send up. up some drunk birds. What are you oh, talking about? Okay. Birds won't be drunk. <laughs> By pledging 60 pounds, you could be one of the first to reserve a digital memory box... Uh, you will be able to upload whatever digital information you want, a personal message. Sorry to interrupt there. No, no, no. <laughs> a photo, a family tree, a poem, a video, your favorite song, podcast. The choice is yours. Millions of individual memory boxes belonging to people all over the world make up the private archive to be buried deep inside the moon as part of the Lunar Mission, mission 1. This sounds like a Black we Mirror episode. expect the private archive will be able to store tens of terabytes. To put this into perspective, uh, a photograph can range from kilobytes to megabytes in size. Precise costings for data have not yet been confirmed, but the more you spend, the bigger your memory box. Wow. Sales of memory boxes will start during Lunar development stage, but why wait until then? By pledging £60 or over on Kickstarter, you will get a voucher for a memory box, the value of which will be equivalent to your pledge. Mm. Okay. Get on that, guys. Yeah, get on that. Get your name buried in the moon. <laughs> so we, we really could do this. <laughs> to me, it's just like... Barely different from the star registry service. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's really. This is. Yeah. Yeah, you get to. Your, that star is yours now. You own that star. <laughs> yeah. Were the people actually selling real estate on the moon as well at one point? Absolutely. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Before all the international bodies that control these kind of things said, no, this is not in any way valid. <laughs> like, this is kind of my concern with buying Nick Rogwin land. Is it, this seems as. <laughs> Like as prone to uh, well, nope, that's not your land anymore. <laughs> like, but wow. I might still do it. And there are all kinds of interesting species down there. All kinds of uh, indigenous uh, sober species, though. N- you would think that, right? You think that's, birds, for instance. You'd, you'd think, uh, let me tell you something. If there's one thing I know about animals, and it's it's a thing or two, they're sober. Jesse, I hate to tell you this, but not only can birds get drunk, but when they do, their speech is slurred. Fuck right off. I will not fuck right off. You guys, On this is a lot like an article that Thomas Hatfield sent in. It's very similar and near and dear to my heart because it's a, it's, it relates to the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland. Uh, this was a study done. Of course, uh, a Portland uh, University of course, is yeah. the one got probably a, whole, a craft beer. Exactly. <laughs> Micro brew birds. IPA. Okay. Um, so for the study, researchers gave grape juice to one group of zebra finches and an alcoholic juice cocktail to another group. The cocktail quaffing finches became somewhat inebriated with blood alcohol levels of 0.05 to 0.08%, according to NPR, which I believe is that's the legal limit for driving, right? 0.08? Yeah. For humans. I don't know what the bird limit is for legal driving. Well, the bird felt it was fine. That'd be for flying. Okay. The bird's like, trust me, I'm good. I'm good. I thought it's eight hours bottle to throttle, though. So for (laughs) flying, you still have those kind of rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, at first, we were thinking that they wouldn't drink their drink on their own because you know a lot of animals just won't touch the stuff. They always <laughs> eat the worm after. You know what I'm saying? They're crazy because it's a worm joke because of right. tequila. I got it. Christopher Olson, a researcher at the university, told NPR, but they seem to tolerate it pretty well, and and they're somewhat really willing to consume it. A comparison of the birds' songs showed that the buzzed birds sang more quietly, and their songs lacked the typical structure. Mm. And uh, this is a, a link over. This is an article on Huffington Post on HuffingtonPost.com that we will link to over on ProbablyScience.com if you guys want to actually click and hear the sound. Or we could also just play it right now. Here's these what are, uh, these are: drunk birds. These are drunk birds. That's very drunk if it's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a person. I'm not sure if this is actually picking up on the mic, so uh, we'll just link to this. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to it, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but surely, it, I guess it only affects their speech. That's it. Jesse? You would be wrong by thinking that only if you would uh, no. What? Surprisingly, the alcohol did not. I've had half of a beer. Why am I? Uh, surprisingly, the alcohol did not seem to affect the bird's coordination. Um, the study might sound a bit silly, but the researchers argue that it has important real-world implications. Since scientists still don't fully understand how alcohol affects our speech, they say the birds can serve as a good model for understanding humans. Mm. Because we know a lot about the exact brain areas that control singing and learning. To s- and learning to sing in these birds, we're hoping that our future studies will tell us exactly what parts of the brain are affected when alcohol affects speech. Co-researched, co-researcher Dr. Claudio Mello, a behavioral neuroscientist at the university, told the Huffington Post in an email. In other words, the researcher the research wasn't conducted on a lark. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> on a lark. Oh, yes. It's just too funny. Oh, mm. man. Too funny. And the research may also lead to new alcohol treat, new treatments for alcohol abuse, as well as new technology for identifying people who are intoxicated. Dr. Audrey, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Rubin, also behavioral neuroscientist at the university, said in an email. Instead of the old alphabet backwards? Yeah, yeah, Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T, huh? Um, seeing how alcohol, I know, Ooh, someone's practiced. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. Seeing how alcohol affects learned song can help us understand how alcohol affects learning and cognition and help develop treatments of such dysfunctions for humans. It's weird because people, when they're sober, don't sing as much. That's a good point. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Karaoke night. People get drunk and they, of, they love singing. Yeah. Start doing I mean, brole- just the old, uh, Wait, was burlesque done sober? Burlesque was completely oh sober. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's some balls. I could... Get all wasted for a burlesque routine. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know? You should have some respect for art, Andy. You know, you should have respect for music, in particular, as an art form. You should? What? Yeah. What are you talking about? You should have respect for, for the complexities of music. Nah. Why? Because don't you, don't you appreciate music when it, when it has more going on? Uh, I suppose sometimes I uh, appreciate it more. But, you know, I like... Uh, I don't know. For some reason, though, I just feel like I'm, I'm probably with most people on this. I, I just like a... I don't know. You're not in the minority, Jesse, because it turns out uh, evidence points to the fact that historically, albums featuring less complex instrumentation have enjoyed greater popularity. No. Yes. People uh, like the dumbed down stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through to try to find this article right now. You, uh, yeah. This is an article sent in by... Um, Listener Alan Madrigal. Shares a name with a great comedian. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan is a touring musician in several punk bands. Oh, cool! Uh, and listens to our show, driving many, many miles between venues. So thank you for that, and thanks for sending this, yeah, this story in the Atlantic. Alan, we want to hear your stuff. Send that in, will you? 
Yeah. And it, I want to give it a listen. This is one of those, such a clickbaity thing for me because it's just, you know, you know it's going to validate yeah. what you want to believe. The same with that article about uh, the kinds of bands that people at smarter people enjoy. Yeah. Some, the kind of yeah. music that people who read this magazine tend to listen <laughs> no, to. Exactly. I'm much cleverer. <laughs> exactly. So uh, even unapologetic top 40 hit lovers would have a hard time denying the claim that popular music on the whole tends to sound pretty repetitive. This assertion also feels intuitive that even detailed scientific studies backing it up tend to be met with a shrug. While hardly indicative of good art, repetition and simplicity aren't all bad. In fact, most listeners tend to seek a balance of familiar and new, two factors that, quote, influence not only how we perceive popular music, but also how it is produced. According to researchers behind a new plus one study that examines how a style's musical complexity increases or decreases over time in relation to album sales. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, the Medical University of Vienna, Austria scientists found that the more popular a musical style grew, the more generic it became, partly due to the glut of artists that flocked to a burgeoning sound and the drop-off of innovation that tends to accompany demand. And then this is where the study got kind of strange to me, because they didn't look at complexity of the composition, but of instrumentation. So they looked at... Uh, um, right. Half a million albums from 1955 to 2001 across 15 genres and 374 styles as diverse as hyphy, Viking metal, acid jazz, and Korean court music. What is hyphy? You don't know hyphy? It's a Bay Area phenomenon from, uh, I believe, the 2000s. I I honestly thought you were joking when you said you you know know hyphy at first. So you know what Korean court music is then? (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you you go after hyphy? (laughs) Korean court music? Well, I know what the individual words that make up that phrase mean. I've heard those words. I I know. I'm aware (laughs) of court music and Korean. Sure. Hyphy is San Francisco Bay Area slang meaning hyperactive. More specifically, it's an adjective that describes the music and the urban culture associated with that area. It was created by Oakland-based rapper Keek the Sneak. When he used the term on an album he recorded in 94. Right. Mm. So yeah, 90s, I also don't 2000s. necessarily know what Viking metal is, but I could, ta- I could take a guess at that. I'll take I can a guess. guess. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, so they looked at all these different styles, and within those styles, they analyzed the use of nearly 500 instruments, and styles that used generic instruments found in many other styles had low complexity, while styles with a wider array of instruments that were used in fewer styles had what they considered high complexity. Mm. Which See, I don't like, know how I feel about this study, yeah, man. It'd be more interesting to look at songs structurally than... Yeah. Because you can have a complex song played on one instrument. Yeah. And I'm not... I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really like get us up in arms about the lack of diverse instrumentation in this song as much as bad songs in general or just like generic productions. Well, th- I mean, this is, this is like saying that, you know... Uh, According to this, Jason Mraz and Elliot Smith are the same popular level. Or the same complexity level. Same complexity yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But, if you're but just what, both playing a guitar. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. It does say also that there's a caveat. There's a couple of caveats in this article even. It says, the study pegged its definition of popular to album sales, specifically Amazon sales rank data on average sales for a given style as of 2006. Uh, the usefulness of album sales as a metric has been increasingly vexed. Uh, 2014 just barely missed becoming the first year without a platinum record um and also unlike some studies this one doesn't try to explain how different musical mechanisms such as the emotional import of minor chords account for likability or popularity mm-hmm. we're just looking at the complexity and the uh in addition to the the we haven't even gotten to the results of the findings about popularity but um one of the things they found is that there are complexity life cycles for for one um like experimental folk and folk rock consistently maintained high levels of complexity through each time period studied 
others weren't so lucky. Soul, classic rock, and funk started out high on the complexity scale, but have since plummeted. And um, the actual findings were that... But it says, at different points in time, styles such as Eurohouse, Disco, and Pop Rock decreased in complexity but enjoyed higher average album sales, while experimental, alternative rock, and hip-hop became more complex but saw overall sales decline. This can be interpreted, the researchers said, as music becoming increasingly formulaic in terms of instrumentation under increasing sales numbers due to a tendency to popularize music styles with low variety and musicians with similar skills. Um... And again, this is in terms of instrumentation is key here. The study only looked at complexity factors that lent themselves to quantitative analysis, such as acoustics and timbre. So it's not as satisfying a study as I would like to see about what what makes a hit. But then again, when they've tried to do that, they've they've ended up with those funny, like, here is what is technically should be the most popular song of all time. Right. Because it features all these things they figured out, and it's like this unlistenable mess. Uh, guys, time for let's go to the comments. Uh, James has this to say about the article. To me, so-called music died with Freddie Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) Since that time, all music is the same. Boy bands and girls nearly naked, singing the same old crap over and over and over, the same tunes, etc. Music's never been so boring and the same, and then it just stops. Southern Queen I gotta say, I never saw Freddie Mercury coming as the marker on that one. Me neither. Not, Not to discount... His and the rest of his band's great achievements musically. <laughs> Who saw Such that one? Interesting, yeah, yeah. And then someone so writes that being the mark. What year wow. was it? What year did he die? Was it ninety one? Sounds right. I think it was around when Wayne's World made Bohemian Rhapsody a big hit again, wasn't it? I'm just trying to work. Remember yeah, what yeah. year of school I was in when it? I'm gonna guess ninety one. Let's let's go to the tape. It's weird because well, well a lot of these arguments are that. 91. Yes. Wow. Sorry. Popular music um, has always just been geared towards uh, 13-year-old girls. That's who buys all the albums. And that's it. From from Elvis to now. That's it. So it's one of those things like when we have... uh, Remember the MTV Music Video Awards with Miley Cyrus last year and all that? uh, Was it the Robin Thicke? Uh, all that stuff whatever twerking, r- but i remember beers. yeah being on twitter and uh people were people that we know these are adults adult people that uh are our peers you guys friends of the show not even enemies of no. the show friends of the show were um going on about it and all this oh this is terrible and it's like well this is also for 13 year olds yeah that's what not, this is this not is, for you it's all for children if you listen to any radio station <laughs> like college radio or the you know maybe the classic rock station any just current This is children's music. And one day it's going to embarrass them too. So don't worry about it. You know what does give me hope though? What's that, buddy? Do you guys see? This is no segue to a story except for the fact that they announced the Coachella lineup yesterday. I saw a lot of fake ones. Motherfucking Steely Dan. Dan. That's not a joke this year. Steely Dan is going to be at Coachella. I think we've discussed in the show before that Andy Uh, is a big Steely Dan fan. Unapologetically huge Steely Dan fan. Huge Steely fan. Yeah, this is a big... I mean, I, I, Coachella is very expensive. I'm debating it just for the Dan. Like, I might do it. Are they doing other tour dates? Or are you they gotta just do it if you call know. it the Dan. If you call you it gotta, the Dan. You, you, gotta, you gotta see the Dan. You Come gotta on. see the Dan, bro. <laughs> Dude, last year I saw the Phil. Nah. <laughs> sure, I'm checking out the Dan. It's like, there's so much to love there. I was going through songs earlier today to try to find other samples that haven't been used, because like, tons of hip-hop artists have sampled like 
Peg, Black Cow, um, Kid Charlemagne was used in that Kanye song, Champion. Sure. Kanye loves Celia Dan. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know that. Kanye West, notable recording artist Kanye West. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I found like there's so many dope beats there, man. I mean, just ready for the taking. Just You could <laughs> take any Celia Dan intro, just drop some fresh rhymes over it. Sure. You got a number one hip, hippity hop hit you got for the kids. A new hip hop, hippity yes. hop dance track. Oh. Um, a real... Uh, Club uh, club banger, club banger, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> We're gonna make some real club club bangers here. Um, have you been to whosample.com? dot uh, com? Oh yeah, you showed me that when you were doing those uh, Daft Punk things, the Daft Punk cover things. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, basically, yeah. I was trying to figure out that computer program that Daft Punk made Discovery with. Um, so I was just remaking the songs from the original mm-hmm. tracks, um, and trying to figure out you know how all the filters worked and stuff and. Uh, Dude, that website is crazy. But also, you find stuff like it'll be, for instance, Kanye West sampling. Uh, it'll be Kanye West sampling Chemical Brothers, who sampled Steely Dan in that same track. Oh. So it's like a musical turducken. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sample of a sample of a sample of a sample. And I, and I do wonder when someone's just going to start sampling Kanye, but the instrumental tracks, right? Not right, realizing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And this is I mean, Curtis Mayfield. This is Steely Dan. This is whatever. yeah. yeah. We're going to start getting so many generations deep. Of samples, I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, what sometimes happens then is some relatively obscure recording artist suddenly ends up as a millionaire. Well, yeah, because like, it's not always just Steely Dan. Like it's sometimes or, quite small artists who've been sampled by one, yeah, one dance producer who've then been sampled by a hip hop producer. Or you get the Robin Thicke thing where he preemptively sued Marvin Gaye to keep Marvin Gaye from suing him over blurred lines, which yeah, is lost. blatantly. Oh, he did. That's good. Yeah. yeah. But but a lot of times, I mean, that's why those those laws get very tricky with royalties, like the amount of measures before it's actually considered yeah. ripping someone off. That's why a lot of people just sample little snippets. Like if you sample just like a, um, that's, that's why Is like, it like for fair instance, use or something. It, yeah, the, well, that's why. Like, then there's crazy ones. Like there's a Muse song that just that's just Thriller. There's a Muse song that has like yeah. a bar and a half of Thriller that no one seems to think is in any way. Yeah, like, that's why the, the more frenetic... You think, like, the lead song of the biggest selling album yeah, of all time, maybe? I'd love to sit in one of those court cases, though, when they're actually trying to figure out if it is. And I just picture, like, everyone going back and forth, like, the judge, the lawyer, everyone, like, humming. It's like, no, that one's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, Vanilla Ice explaining why he didn't rip off right. uh, Under Pressure. Didn't he eventually? He gave that one up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you just yeah. obviously the same song. Just yeah. taking a song. Adding one pickup note to the... Yeah. No, George Harrison got sued successfully. And I bet that's one of those things... I'd like to think that he didn't realize... He, it's like he it's stu- stuck in your head. You didn't realize you heard this before somewhere. I don't somewhere think he did. Even the judge said that. The judge... Is, and he admitted guilt. He's like... We're yeah. talking about he's so fine, my sweet lord, uh-huh. I think, right? And uh, even George Harrison was like... Yeah, that's clearly the same song. I'm really sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> just didn't. Yeah. And the judge is like, I believe you, but you know, you uh, you have to pay. <laughs> like, right. You can't. Just... You can't just do that. Um, but that can happen. That can easily happen. How about Sam Smith and I won't back down? Like different key, but like so blatant. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's the what's the, what's the song called? I forgot. Just stay with me. Yeah. Stay with me. And yeah. Won't back down. Yeah. You pointed that one out to me. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, obviously. It's so ridiculous. Um. We got an, it's an, another space story, but there's been some cool space news. I'd like to do this one. This is sent in on Facebook by scientist listener uh, Paul Savage. Hey, Paul Savage. Thank Paul, you. Paul, who is an isotope geochemist and cosmochemist working out of Paris at the moment, although about to move to Durham University. Uh, Paul 
uh, just a little bit of background information on Paul before we get to the story, <laughs> analyzes the isotope composition and terrest- uh, terrestrial rocks and meteorites uh, with a high-performance multi-collector mm. and uses them to try and say something interesting about how a planet and other terrestrial planets formed. I find I, what precursor asteroids. Every time I've done that with a, from the Earth. Every time I've done that with a low performance, it doesn't. It's, you gotta. It doesn't work. You gotta yeah. go high performance. You know. Um, Paul used to use a low performance, if I recall, and it it didn't work out for him. Never so, got anything uh, published. Yeah, the Neptune Plus High Resolution Multi Collector. There we go. ICPMS, and and it's a sort of connected story, and it's related to early Rosetta data that started to come through, that might cause a rethink of where Earth got its water. I don't think Paul was the only person to send this through, but I couldn't find who else sent it, so thank you if you're someone else who sent this over. Um, This Ars Technica article says, During its early history, the Earth was struck by enough material falling from space to have boiled off its oceans. And that's ignoring the fact that the entire surface of the planet was vaporized by the collision that formed the moon. This means that the Earth wasn't in any condition to look like the blue marble we see today with abundant oceans and an atmosphere. So where did all the water come from? Good question. Uh, once the pace of collision slackened, each impact was able to deliver material to the Earth that wasn't immediately boiled off by the next one. Over time, objects returned the Earth to its watery state. When's it pronounced material? Never. <laughs> no, it really is. There's what? a difference between material and material. And there's a difference it's spelled in... spelled with an E or something? No, it's spelled you're, exactly... You're sure you're not oring us here? I'm not doing an ori thing. <laughs> I'm not doing... An, no. Uh, there is a... There is a... Someone will know this. I'm serious... I'm going to sound like an idiot, material. so please write in. There is a time when it's pronounced, when it's supposed to be pronounced material, and every other time it's material. 99% of the time it's material, of course. But then there's a time when you say it like... Um, a material, a material, <laughs> obviously, a material yeah, obviously, world. Yeah. Okay, so Madonna time. Yes. Yeah. Madonna time, you would say material. <laughs> but then there's other times... Material! <laughs> I'm being serious. There's a... There's okay, a is, it, is it when it's a plural? Like, um, look at all that material. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, yeah, I didn't dream anything this. Anything that's like, <laughs> is this like organelle? Are you, is it like a sub? No, there's a, there's <laughs> material. Uh, I, I don't can, know. I can't. You're, now you're I infiltrating my mind with yeah. your Madonna. It's but a good song. <laughs> it's a great song. So, scientists have been debating over which objects delivered uh, the material. Delivered this material. <laughs> with the pendulum swinging back and forth between asteroids and comets. Now, thanks to Rosetta's visit to Comet 67P, asteroids are looking like a better bet. Tracing the origin of water isn't as simple as running the numbers on a license plate. Why would you think it was? <laughs> Ars Technica. But the solar system provides... <laughs> Clearly has like a warrant for his arrest. The guy that wrote it. <laughs> Not as simple as scraping the, the uh, serial number off the back of a stolen TV. Yeah. It's like you read fan fiction that's just much more revealing about the author. Than the other thing it's yeah. not as simple as killing your wife and getting away with it and becoming a science journalist, but, uh, you know. <laughs> it's not as uh, simple as uh, lassoing a gnome at the circus. <laughs> what oh, even is that? Way, what have you been trying? Your dead stories about the peep show tents. I had no idea those were things. That's, yeah, that's crazy, that fascinated right? me. Yeah. Crazy. What was it you called them again? Coochie, the Hoochie Coochie Tent. Yeah, there was a fair that would roll through. Because he and I were talking about... Uh, actually, Matt, I brought up your story about the... Um, Guessing the weight and how just they rip you off by. Oh having, yeah, it was the guess the age. Did guess, I ever tell you this? Is what, did we talk about this? We talked about it in the show. I, I forgot what, what was it the, was. It was a pin affair, which is a fair name where I grew up, and there was a guess your age. I will guess your age stand. Yeah, and I I've always looked young, so I thought I've got this one. I'm gonna win. Uh, so I gave him a pound, 
and he did this big show and dance. They like, did this whole ceremony of like, looked at my teeth, looked at my hands, and eventually he went like, "You are eight and I went, "Ha ha, I'm ten. And he goes, and he goes, like, no, no idea or anything. He just goes, ah, you got me. And then handed me a shitty keyring that cost about 5p. No! <laughs> right. So you're like, oh, that's the scam. <laughs> I actually kind of enjoy it. Like, I don't like being ripped off generally, but a bit of that was like, I quite like the, right. the lesson. It was like a little yeah. sort of pewter boot. Like a little, yeah. but it, oh, that's the real scam. Whether you get it right or wrong. It doesn't matter. Mate. He either gets, you either get a pound for nothing or a pound for a 5p keyring. Yeah. My, yeah, my dad was telling me there was this, a guy would would be at like a table and he would say um he would say you know ladies and gentlemen just he would just be open calling to anyone walking by at the fair he'd say for 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 a mere 25 cents would you pay 25 cents for something worth 10 times that you know and someone will stop and maybe sure you know And, and he goes you know in this bag i have something worth 10 times that for 25 cents and someone would pay the 25 cents and he'd give them the bag and it really would be something worth a lot more money. Right. And then that attracts more of a crowd. And he keeps doing it and yeah. keeps doing it until it's like, for, for $10, does anyone have $10? Would you take something worth $100? Surely this investment you wouldn't pass up. And at this, at this point, like he's building up a crowd of like 100 people. Okay. So some and, of them are like his stooges and some of them are probably even just genuine audience Genuine members. people, but they really, they really do get a really good gift. Yeah, because so, they're getting a two dollar fifty gift for twenty five cents. And but then it's multiple people doing it. Anyone yeah. that does it, he has all these things. And he goes now for fifty dollars, and that's when like almost everyone gives over fifty bucks, and then it's fucking nothing. And the guy just made like a grand, and then he just leaves. You know, but uh, and, there's no punchline. He just runs away quickly. Like no, they get something, but it's shit. I don't see how I can keep. Or I it can't keep working how, in the same place. But e- even phone. like yeah, how does he just in that moment escape? <laughs> what do you mean? Like everyone opens their thing and aren't they all incensed as soon as they open it and don't they all like attack him together? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's just a one, a one-time thing. You know, they get like a box. Maybe they open it later. I don't know. Uh. I don't know the deal. My dad said he fell for it. He lost like. Um, he was just telling me about all the scams, like the the one where like you you have to like knock down a bottle with a baseball, but like they're the three obviously bottles. Like, yeah, but they're yeah. obviously like stuck to the thing. But yeah. but how they let you? Oh, he was telling me one that was a roulette wheel. And about how the guy wound up, he kept winning. At, my dad just kept winning at this roulette wheel. So the guy, what, he said it was a wheel that had a bunch of nails on the side. And then in between the nails, almost like Wheel of Fortune style, were little cards of something you would win. Right. And my dad just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. So the guy would remove more and more cards. So the chances were less and less. And he kept winning, kept winning. So then eventually the guy would almost... He said the guy was really good and being like, look, man, I got to make some money back here because I'm they're going to fire me because you keep winning. So uh, how about double or nothing? We'll do double or nothing. Just I got to, you know, this this one for a dollar. I know this is crazy, but I, here, I'll put more back on. So you have like a 90 percent chance. And then he would win again. Right. So finally, it got to a point where the bet was more than anything he paid before oh. or paid out. And that's when he loses. That's when he, the one time he loses. And that's it. That's, you know, and I was like, "That's that's fucking that's genius." Brilliant. Yeah, but, got, but it would got take one, like ten minutes to yeah. do the whole scam. Yeah, yeah. They've got ones where it's the ones where you sort of throw the thing at the pins, and they're set differently. There's two different settings where one where one where it's close together, which is when you win it, and then and then the pins are set further apart, so you can't knock them all over. Uh, okay. Um, and I know the the, the uh, strong thing where you hit the mallet and it makes the thing mm-hmm. go up that wire. Yeah. One of the scams they would do with that is there's a like a guy wire that's holding the thing up. 
it looks like it's just there as a support for the thing, but it actually it's an extension of that same wire that the little weight is going up. So if he leans against that, it tightens it and allows it to go high quickly. Does this make sense? Yeah. Without having yeah. to see, picture it. And if he gets off of it, there's enough slack in that cable that like when you hit the there's thing, friction. it's friction and it just right. kind of wobbles up not as high. So if he wants, if he wants you to like get your confidence up before you put the money down, he can just lean on that wire and then it'll shoot to the top. Like, all right, you seem to be able to do it. You want to do it for five bucks and then you can just like get off of it and it won't go up. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, you know how like comics go see other comics mm-hmm. and like, you can <laughs> guess where, where carny scammers go. You watch. think, you think carnies <laughs> go to other fairs? Well, like, I, I know there's, um, there was a series that Penn and Teller made where they went around the world interviewing other magicians. And there's, it's one of the only times that Penn, sorry, that Teller has talked on camera. Oh. Um, where they went to see some guy doing the, it, it was like some variant of the cup and balls or three card Monty. I think it was cup and balls, but it was one of those three things and you've got to guess which one. I used to have a great cup and balls routine, by yeah. the way. And that's not a joke. I really did. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> but Teller... Teller's playing, like Teller's the audience member, and he points at the cup that the thing's under, and the guy reveals it, and the thing is under there, and Teller pisses himself laughing and applauds the guy, and then it, and then later on, like the next scene, it's him explaining to the camera what was happening, and he's like, the guy completely suckers me, like he did the move, he did the steal, so I was playing like a good stooge, a good audience member, I was playing along with this guy I'd never seen from foreign country, I was like, ah, that one, and then he reveals it, and the ball really is under that one, so he like double bluffed. Double bluff the magician. Do you see what? Do you see I what he did? I don't quite get. Mm, I don't so, understand. So teleported to the cup that an audience member that doesn't know how the trick is done would point to the one that the ball the looks, looks like. Looks it's obvious. The one that looks like the ball is under. Right. But the magician looked like he did the slight. Looked like he did the the sleight of hand move. The gimmick that would mean that the ball wouldn't be under there. Right. But he double gimmicked it, so the ball really was still under there. So he really so, just didn't do anything. So. No, so Teller was like, "Ah, it's going to be under that one." Expecting that it wouldn't be, and he then was he trying had, to help out the guy. Yeah, not have him expecting come, the yeah. guy would then reveal it isn't is under the one next to it, yeah. and then he'd have to play along and applaud. Sure, and go, yeah, sure, very sure. good, well done. You did the cup and balls well, uh, but actually, he completely sucked at him as a fellow magician. Just going, <laughs> <laughs> like he's like he did the move, but he didn't do the move. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's, it's, so yeah, I think magicians and uh, people like that do do that. Yeah, I'm Go sure. On. If any of you are carnies, if any of our listeners are carny carny listeners. scammers, well, the, what are you talking about? The thing leaning on the cable, it's similar to the scam, the power balance bracelets, guys. Oh yeah, they just push down, yeah. out instead of down. That's totally like, what it is. If you ever see anyone do those sort of power balance or similar bullshit energy bracelets, and they do those balance demonstrations, they, you sometimes find them in town centres and right. shopping by, malls. By, or whatever. By the, before you say this. I'm apologizing in advance for the listeners that hate when we repeat stories, because this is definitely we something have done. we've said at least three times. We have. So I'll do a quick version <laughs> of this. But basically, the way it works is you stand on one leg and you hold your arm out and you push it down, and it pushes down easily without the bracelet and pushes down more, And it, but you can resist it with without the bracelet, but you can resist it with the bracelet. Okay. But the way it works is they push it... If you push it down and in towards the person very subtly, it's such a subtle, you wouldn't notice it. But if they're pushing the arm down and slightly towards the person's feet they stay balanced if you push it down and slightly away from the person's feet they go off balance okay and that's that's the scam it's so subtle it's so um mm. water. water water yes water. that's how we got i don't know how we got so the it. solar system provides a helpful clue in the form of deuterium a heavier isotope of hydrogen closer to the sun processes seem to have led to an exchange between deuterium and hydrogen leaving those regions with a relatively low abundance of the heavier isotope 
More distant bodies, which received less radiation from the sun, have much more uh, deuterium than bodies in the inner solar system. Sure. In general, it appears that there was a nearly linear increase in deuterium as distance from the sun increased. That's kind of handy. The amount of deuterium in Earth's oceans seemed to fit with this simple trend, which suggests it only got its water from the bodies that have formed nearby. This pointed the figure asteroids, as comets only formed in the outer regions of the solar system, where the amounts of deuterium is likely to be much higher. Measurements of material from the tail of uh, ha- material. Materi- material, material of Halley's comet seem to support this. Is that Halley or Halley's? I've always Halley. heard Halley. It's, no, it's Halley. It's Halley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but measurements of the two comets that orbit near Jupiter. Measurements of the two comets that orbit near Jupiter, 103P Hartley and 45P Honda Mercrust, uh, mm. not even trying, wow. showed deuterium levels that are similar to those of Earth's oceans, which caused some scientists to revisit the idea that comets could have delivered the Earth's water. This Worth is where. Revisiting? Yeah, but this is where Rosetta, and more specifically its Rosina instrument, comes in. Uh, Rosina is a mass spectrometer which separates chemicals based on their map, mass, sensitive enough to detect the differences between isotopes of hydrogen as well as different oxygen isotopes in water molecules. When Rosetta first emerged from hibernation, Rosina was, fir- was able to detect low levels of water still evaporating off the spacecraft 10 years after it left Earth, along with a bit of propellant and some of the grease used on the hardware. Once mm. Rosetta got within 100 kilometers of the comet, however, material from uh, the comet from 65P... Uh, Churium of Gerasimenko began to dominate. As it did, the amount of deuterium went up, reaching levels three times that of Earth's oceans, making it hard to see how the oceans could have been created by a body like this. This leaves us in a rather confused position. It's possible that the population of comets contains bodies with different sites of origin within the solar system and thus different amounts of deuterium. Alternatively, one or more of the comets we've sampled could be oddballs and not representative of the population as a whole. Or it could be time to revisit the idea that asteroids acted as water boys for the early Earth. Hmm. So there we go. Some good science coming from Rosetta. It wasn't all for naught. It wasn't. Yeah. Thank you for sending that in. And, and, and anybody who wants to send in stories can always do so by either emailing probablyscience at gmail.com or tweeting at probablyscience. Yeah, anyone who wants to donate can also find the donate button at probablyscience.com. And anyone who wants to buy anything from Amazon can find the links to the respective countries' Amazon stores on our website. And that, if you buy stuff after clicking through that link, will give us a commission, which really helps us out. Yeah, that was uh, December was was a huge month for that. So that yeah, that really it, again it costs you nothing extra. So if you're shopping on Amazon, yeah. you might as well click on our link first. I wouldn't say go out of your way and shop Amazon if you weren't going to otherwise shop on Amazon. I have some issues with Amazon as a company. <laughs> what do you mean? Why are we undercutting? Okay. But however, if you are shopping on Amazon anyway, yeah. then... You're gonna be, if you're the type of douche that wants to shop on Amazon... <laughs> you know, if you don't care about your mom and pop stores, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, you just kind of want to, you know... Not tax or anything like that. But, uh... Yeah, just destroy destroy the economy of the world. Fine. You're like, big business. You know, enter in our code first. That's the point. We, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> if you're gonna help the big man, help the little man. Along the way. Uh, help all sizes. Help all sizes of man. Yeah. Be good to each other. Yeah. That's what we're trying to say. We should write this up, shouldn't we? We should, yeah. We meant to do this as a short one, and we're incapable of doing short ones. Uh, Did we go long? Uh, not I, that long. I, not that I long. am so tired. So, yeah. Again, I know I've already mentioned it. I just got in half an hour before we started recording. Jesse did. And I am. Uh, I might be in a state of blackout, uh, like sleep sleepness. Right? I might not remember wrapping up this show. Go to bed. Get, uh, get caught up. 
I'm gonna get caught up. And it's gonna we'll be awesome. We'll be back soon with some with some with some great guests in less yeah, than a week. A couple of uh, what, have we got stuff coming up? I know I'm gonna be at Sketchfest at the beginning of February, along with um, I'm doing at least one show that's the Edinburgh Festival themed show that contains amongst others Daniel Sloss and Will Anderson, both nice. excellent former guests of the show, both former double guests of the show. Uh, so go along to that, and I'm also doing Setlist and a few other things. So please do shop at that if you're in San Francisco or nearby. Uh, Oh, sorry. Oh, and Toledo, Ohio as well on Valentine's weekend. If anyone is in Toledo, I'm going to be at the comedy club there. So come and see me in Toledo. And then I think I'm in Alaska at some point. So at yeah. Chilcot Charlie's. Nice. Yeah, uh, Toledo is just a, it's a fun room. quick little drive from my hometown of Ann Arbor. So any Ann Arbor folks want to check out some good comedy, go down there. I'll be in New York next weekend. Nice. And I'll be doing Night Train at Littlefield on Monday, January 19th at 8 p.m. And uh, if anybody's in the LA area, I'm hosting Comedy Palace on Thursday, the 8th, tomorrow. Um, and uh, Jesse, you got anything that um, you just come off a big I, tour? I have. Uh, I do have stuff, but I'll tell you, one of my New Year's resolutions, I actually, this is one of the few years I've actually made one, um, is to get my web shit together. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? Like, jessiecase.com is mine. I own it. There's nothing there. Yeah, I'm that, bad at putting my dates on there. I'm the worst at it. And I realized, like, man, I would be doubling these crowds if I would actually just post where my fucking shows were going to be. So um, that's my... So I'm going to do that. And um, <laughs> that's my thing I'm getting together. So I've I've already emailed a um, website person, people... And I'm going to get all that going. Hey, why would you not be... Uh, <laughs> huh? Do you realize the irony of what you're saying right now? Well, I just wish there was some sort of easy platform where I could build it myself. But there's not. You know? They don't sponsor us anymore! Uh, I, I, I still use them for, for a couple sites, there, and it's a great product. I'm talking about Squarespace, guys. We're talking about Squarespace.com? Yeah, that's where Andy By the way, Wood. the code does still work. It does. So if you do. Well, if they if had wanna... some sort of. Uh, if they had 24 hour support with a nickname, I might get behind it. Talking about the Care Bear there? Oh wow! It sounds like they really do everything. We give it a free ad. Why not? I'm a big fan of Squarespace. Okay, I'm going to build it myself. Then I'll build it myself using Squarespace.com. It's it's super easy. Drag and drop templates. I'm going to build it myself using Squarespace. WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. But there you go. Anyway, any any questions, comments, clarifications, you can email us probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. Articles that you want us to cover, send them in. Uh, Donations. You can go through our website. Anything else that I'm missing out? We'll put up links to all of our articles, that kind of thing. We'll tweet out links to our articles. Oh, if any of you guys, uh, any of our listeners have uh, quit smoking uh, before and uh, successfully, um, but you used to smoke quite a bit, not just like a once when you had a beer person, but like actual actual smoker and you've quit, uh, fucking email me and tell me how like, you did it. Well, the I, Alan Carr book, a lot of my friends have done. I'm reading the book, but you're not supposed to stop until you're done with the right. book or whatever. But um yeah, my goal was January 1st, and I obviously fucked up on that. Uh, so, throat cancer work for someone I know? Yeah, sometimes, uh, yeah, you just lose your lungs. Yeah. Um, but no, but book, seriously, write, write me you, and, you the book know. tells you not to do it until you've, not to, to finish reading the book before you even start. Yeah, trying. you can smoke while you read the book. Yeah, yeah, the idea is that by the end of the book, you suddenly realize you don't want to smoke anymore, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, That's the other thing I'm re- is- I've never read a book so slow. Uh, (laughs) i do a sentence a day uh the other thing i should we should tell people is uh spread the word you guys have been doing a great job of that and we really appreciate it but if you like our show uh, particularly if you're not able to donate a way you can really help us out is to tell people about it subscribe if you're not already subscribing particularly through itunes uh, particularly through itunes on the phone apparently for some reason that helps push us up in the charts 
and just tell people that you think might like us about us. That helps a load. Thank you so much for all your kindness over the holidays. Uh, welcome back. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will soon yeah. see you next week. It's going to be a great year. Bye. Bye.